Hey friends, welcome back to the Making It in the Messy Middle podcast. So excited that you're here today and I cannot wait to see how we will grow together. Hey friends, I am super glad and super grateful to have you back listening to this podcast uh, once again. Um, I'm out driving, of course, um, and just thinking uh, about what I want to say on this podcast. I've been thinking about this podcast for a little while. Um, it's been it's been a bit since I published a podcast because I really didn't like my last one, <laughs> which is really ironic because if you listen to the last one, you know that at the very beginning, I was like, this is going to be my favorite podcast and I'm going to love it and it's going to be great. And then I didn't like it at all. And so um, I was really down and out about that. And um so it was just really hard for me to get back up on the horse, kind of, you know, as they say. And so I kind of let myself not go back to podcasting. And I know it hasn't been that long. Um, I've just been trying really hard to, like, push through those perfectionist thoughts. Because if you know me, you're probably like, she is not a perfectionist. Um, <laughs> which I can definitely see where people say that because... Um, I'm not perfect at all. My work is not perfect. Nothing I do is perfect um, because I'm human. (laughs) So I just, but I've always thought that I should be. And so a lot of times there are things that, whether it be an art project or a podcast or a a poet, poet, poem (laughs) um, that I've written um, or just things like that, I, I won't keep them. Or I won't show them to the world. I'll just shred them. I'm not even kidding. I've shredded so many things. I have broken so many canvases. I have, you know, just deleted so many recordings because it's not perfect. But I'm trying to learn to kind of push through that. And I'm sorry that you guys are getting um, imperfect podcasts because I'm pushing through that. Um, I'm not saying that I try and do shoddy work and just put it out there. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying this to anyone who struggles with this, perfectionism keeps you stunted. That's what I've learned. Instead of perfectionism kind of driving me like it used to when I was, you know, um, a kid, perfectionism got me far as a child, as a high schooler. And then in the real world, perfectionism is just paralyzing because what it does is nothing I do is perfect, so I'm just not going to do anything. Well, I'm just not even going to try because um, nothing is good enough. So I'm just not going to make an effort. And it just keeps me stopped. And so um, I say that to say, if you struggle with perfectionism, um, do some mindfulness exercise. I know that sounds weird, but um, to help yourself be more in the moment instead of thinking about the end results. And then just learn to put your stuff out there. Because it's good stuff. It's it's great stuff, even. And if you're waiting for it to be perfect, if you're waiting for it to be flawless, if you're waiting for it to have no problems at all, then the world may never get to see how awesome your creations are. So go ahead and get it out there. And I'm not saying that to be like, my creations are awesome. Because that's not what I'm saying. Uh, especially if you've listened to the last few podcasts. Oh my goodness, they are rambling galore. Um, Maybe I need to go back to having a script. Uh, But I just want you to know that your imperfect work is perfect to somebody. Okay? And art... Whatever kind of art it is, whatever kind of creating it is, um, it's for everyone. It's for you, the creator, but it's also for the people who view it, to listen to it, to experience it, to get out of their heads for a little bit, or to escape into a different world, a different time, a different whatever. You have the ability to do that for them. You have the ability to help them in that way. And so put your work out there. It's worth it, I promise. Um, So all of that to say, I really appreciate all of you guys sticking with me 
through the rough patches and the good ones, um, because there have been a lot of both. And I love that you guys have been talking to me about the podcast and telling me what you think. Uh, I've had a, a lot of people tell me that they've started listening and I'm always like, the first words out of my mouth are, oh no, <laughs> because I'm like, I'm so sorry. Um, and so thank you for sticking with me um, through the rough ones. And But also I've had some people who've told me, they've been like, I love listening to your podcast because I just, I do it while I clean my room or I do it while I shower or while I drive or whatever. And it's like, I'm talking to a friend. It's like, I'm just listening to a friend. It's like, you're in my front seat and I love it. And I'm like, thank thank you. You know, I'm not crying. It's just something in my eye. Um, Because that is like the biggest compliment anyone could ever give me to say that it's like listening to a friend. Because I hope that you guys see me as a friend because I see you all as friends. Like I've said, this is our community. Um, I also apologize if me droning on for an hour and a half is how our conversations go in person because that's all that it is when you're listening to my podcast. Um, But no, like that's awesome to me because it is supposed to be a conversation. And I want you guys to talk back to me and tell me what you think. I'm hoping that really soon um, this podcast will reach a point where I I can have people on the podcast with me that we talk to and we talk about things with them. Um, Some of you listeners, I want you to be on this podcast with me. Um, Or maybe, you know, it's going to be in you guys recording clips that you send into the podcast of, of questions or thoughts or things like that. And I play them on the podcast and then respond to them. And then it's more of a conversation that, that way as well. I, I love that idea. The podcast isn't at a place for that to happen yet, but I think it's getting there. So hopefully we'll get there soon. And if you guys have things that you, you want to say, that you want to talk about, message me, text me, talk to me in person, call me. I'm one of the weird people that likes phone calls. Okay. So g- give me a call. Um, and so we'll go from there, but I want this podcast to grow with you guys at the helm of it. Um, I'm captaining the ship uh, in kind of a sort of way, but I want you guys to be there telling me which directions you think we should be going in and, you know, helping me that way. I I don't know enough about ships to make this metaphor go much further. Um, But anyway, so I've been thinking a lot about what I want this podcast to be. And at first I thought I wanted it to maybe be like a part two to the last podcast, the borderline podcast, because there's a lot of things I want to clear up. There's a lot of things I want to add. Um, so I thought about that. And then I thought about maybe making a podcast where you guys get to see inside of a spiral, like inside my brain during a spiral, because it's really hard to imagine what it's like inside a spiral if you've never been in one. And I wanted to give you guys a glimpse of that. But then I decided that you would think I'm crazier than you already think that I am if I did that. And also, I literally cannot speak fast enough to make that happen. Um, so I decided not to do that yet. I'm not quite ready to be that vulnerable yet. Um, so we'll go from there on a different date. So what I decided, what I landed on, was something I've been wanting to talk about for a while, but that really got prompted this weekend. Um, I went back to Florence, Alabama, uh, where my family lives, um, this weekend because my mom and my sister graduated. My mother graduated with her master's. Yay. Go her. Um, and my sister graduated from high school. Awesome. Um, that was great. It was a great celebration for both of them. It was a great time to be with family. Lots of people, you know, who've supported our homeschool journey, um, throughout our lives, you know, were there and that was great and special and important and it was awesome. However, um, I was around a lot of people, um, that I haven't seen in a while. And I was around a lot of people that I haven't seen in a while on purpose. Um, and I was around a lot of people that I want to be around that I love that I, cherish, but that are just hard to be around. And I realized something that I think is so frustrating about being around some of these people. And I kind of wanted to talk about that. Not as like a, let's blast these humans. No, I'm not even going to name names. Like that's not what the point of this is, um, here. 
the point of this is the topic, the title, whatever you want to call it of this lesson, lesson, like I'm teaching Bible class again, goodness, um, of this podcast would be how to talk to your friends who are mentally ill. Um, and that's what I want to talk about. And, and so it's not like a, here's what not to do. No, that's not the point. Or even a, here's what hurts me. Again, not the point. I, I want you to keep that in mind while we're talking about this. It's not the aim. It's not the goal. The goal is education and growth, just like it always is. Um, so, but it was just prompted by this weekend because there was a lot of frustration. Um, and so I want to talk about that. I want to kind of dive into that a little bit. So let's dive into it, shall we? Um, the first thing that I want to talk about is asking. I know that sounds really simple, but it's something that I've noticed that a lot of people have a difficult time with um, because maybe they don't want to seem rude or maybe they don't know what to ask. Um, I, I'm, not, I'm not really sure. I mean, I've kind of been in that place before when I've been worried about a friend and I don't just want to flat out ask, hey, what's wrong? Because I don't want them to be like, nothing, you're just reading too much into things. You know, and then I look like the crazy one. <laughs> you know, um, well, I am the crazy one sometimes, but no, um, I don't want to, I, 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 I get that. But I can tell you that a lot of times you're not wrong. Um, something might be going on with your friend. Because if you know a person really well, if you know someone for years or if you're just really close to someone, then you can tell when something's off, right? And so if you notice that something seems off with your friend, especially if they struggle with a mental illness, it's okay to say, hey, I've noticed you haven't been quite yourself lately. Is everything okay? Or even, you know, asking, this is a tough one. Um, it's not wrong to ask someone if they're suicidal either. I know that's kind of, whoa, we jumped the gun a little. No, um, I just want to, I didn't know when else to throw that in there, honestly. Um, but if you're worried about your friend, if you're noticing signs of that, it's not rude to say, hey, uh, I've been noticing some different behavior from you lately. I'm kind of concerned about you. Um, I was just wondering, have you, have you been thinking lately or struggling with some suicidal thoughts? Because if so, I'd, I'd like to see what we can do to help with that. There's nothing wrong with asking that. It's because if they are struggling, they probably think nobody notices. They probably think nobody cares enough to notice. And so you asking them that is saying, hey, I notice because I care. And I'm not here to beat you over the head. I'm here to ask if you're okay and how I can help you. So there's that too. Uh, that's kind of like jumping to the end a little. Um, but no, ask those questions too. But just ask your friends if you notice something's off. Hey, uh, you seem a little different lately. Are things going okay? Especially if you know their circumstances. If you know that lately their sleep has been bothering them, you know, then say, hey, you, you've seemed a little off lately. Um, how's your sleep been? I know you said earlier a couple weeks ago that that's been bothering you. Has that gotten any better? That's showing that you care. That's not being weird. Um, also, if you aren't comfortable asking if things are okay, if you're not, you know, if maybe you don't have that kind of relationship with somebody, you just notice something's been off, um, do little things. Say, hey, I'd love to grab a coffee with you sometime. I've been meaning to do that for a while and just haven't gotten the chance. But I'm, I'm open this week. When can you get coffee? Something like that. Not a, hey, something's wrong. Let me, let me fix it. Let me help you. Let me save you. No. Just let's hang out. Let's do something together. Because sometimes people don't need a savior. They don't need Mr. Fix-It. They just need a break. They just need a break from reality. They just need some fun time. You know? 
And it's okay to be that for them. You can't be everything for one person. Um, so sometimes you need to be the break from reality for someone. Sometimes you need to be the comic relief for someone. Sometimes you need to be the advice giver for someone. You know, we have different relationships with different people and that's okay. So recognize kind of what you can offer someone and offer that. And if it's not what they need at the time, that's kind of going to segue into our next point. Notice that if you can't give what someone needs at the time, help them get get what they need from someone else. Does that make sense? Um, A lot of times we want to give people what we're comfortable giving them. And that's not what they need. But a lot of people who are mentally ill struggle with codependency. (laughs) Myself very much included. And so I can tell you from experience that when I have someone who has something they want to give me, something they're comfortable with giving me, but it's not what I need, I'm going to make myself need that so that I can make them feel needed so that maybe they'll stay, so that maybe they won't leave. Because if I can just be what they need me to be and what they need me to be is helpless, what they need me to be is someone who needs them more than anyone else, then I'll make myself that person when that's not who I am. And so say you're good at making casseroles. This is a dumb example, but say you're good at making casseroles. I don't eat casseroles. Oh, I don't like my food to touch. (laughs) I do not like casseroles. I can think of a one kind of casserole that I like, and it's not really a casserole, if we're being honest. It's just... <laughs> so, I just... But say you're good at making casseroles, and I don't like casseroles. But every time I ask you for help, you want to give me a casserole. So you come to my house, you show up, and you're like, Hey, Caitlin, I made you this green bean casserole. I really hope it helps. And so you put it on my kitchen table and you sit down with me and you're like, have some green bean casserole. It's going to help. I don't know. I mean, I'm just, I'm kind of a picky. No, the green bean casserole, it'll help. I promise. But I've had it before. Nope. The green bean casserole helps me every time. This is, this is what I'm really good at cooking. So this is what's going to help. I'm eventually just going to go, okay, sounds great. And I'm going to take a bite and I'm going to hate it. (laughs) And then I'm going to take another bite and I'm going to eat and eat and eat that green bean casserole until you're happy. Because what you've done in this moment is you've made my pain, my struggles about you. You've made my pain and my struggles about making you feel better. Because my pain and my struggle makes you uncomfortable. So you don't actually want to help me. You just don't want me to feel those things. Because they don't make you feel very good. And that's hurtful for both of us. Because first off, it's giving you the impression that you're helping. When you're hurting instead. And it's making me stuff all my emotions, all my pain down to help the person sitting across from me feel like a better person. So when someone comes to you and they say, hey, I'm really struggling right now. I really need some help. And you say, okay, all I have to give is a green bean casserole. Will that help? And I say, no, actually, I think that's going to make things worse. What your next move could be, it could go two ways. If you can give something other than a green bean casserole, awesome. Say what else you can give. Say, okay, that's I, I understand that. What about an apple pie? I know how to make apple pie. Would that help? 
And maybe they would be like, oh, yes, actually an apple pie would, would make things a lot better. I'd love an apple pie. Thank you. Or maybe they would say, no, food just isn't what I need right now. So then your next move could be, okay, well, my friend Janice over here, she is really, really good at making balloon animals. I don't know why balloon animals just popped into my head. She's really good at making balloon animals. Would a balloon animal help you? Yes, a balloon animal would really help me. Okay, let's go see my friend Janice. So what you've done is you've helped me to have my need met, even though you couldn't meet it yourself. Because you recognize that this is about me needing help. Not you needing to feel better. And that's honestly how the world should work. I mean, even therapists do that, guys. If a therapist is like, I can't give this client what they need. I'm good at um, cognitive behavioral therapy. And I really, really feel like they need dialectical behavioral therapy. They're not going to just say, no, I'm going to make it so they need cognitive behavioral therapy. They're not going to keep pushing that on their client. Not a good therapist. What a good therapist is going to say is they're going to say, hey, Caitlin, I've noticed that um, this CBT isn't really working with you. And uh, that's really the only kind of therapy that I know how to do. And so I really hate that because I I want you to get the help that you need. And here's the kind of therapy that I think, I I really think DBT. I think that's where you're going to find the most help. Um, I, I know a therapist a couple streets down who's really good at DBT. I'm going to give you their name and number. I've really enjoyed having you as a client. I just really feel like you'd make a lot more progress a couple streets down. If you have any questions or concerns, let me know. Um, But here's her number. That's not a personal thing. That's not a, man, Caitlin's the worst client. I hate her. I don't ever want to speak to her again. That's not what that is. That's a, she needs more help. Not necessarily even more help. She needs different help than I can give her. And I know I've made like a lot of analogies here, metaphors, whatever. But I'm trying really hard to drive this point home because I've been the kind of person who's like thought that I need to be everything for for people. And so I'm like scrambling to try to either make them need what I think they need or make myself be able to give what they need. And when in reality, it's not helping any of us because I'm exhausted and and they're tired themselves of trying to make me feel needed, you know? And so I've done a lot of work on myself on that, but I've also been on the other end of that where I've had someone shoving what they think I need in my face. And I've looked at them and said, hey, this is hurting me. This isn't helping, this is hurting. But instead of taking a step back and saying, okay, then I I can't help you right now because I don't have what you need. They just keep going. They just keep pushing. And then they don't come around me anymore because I I don't need what they want to give. And that's really hurtful because it's like, I'm hurting and because I'm hurting, you won't talk to me because you're uncomfortable. Oh, that's not very fair. You think you're uncomfortable. Imagine being me, (laughs) you know? So ask your mentally ill friends, ask your struggling friends. This isn't just for people who are mentally ill. This one's for everybody. Ask your friends, hey, what do you need right now? Not what can I do for you? Ask what do you need? What do you need right now? And maybe they won't be able to tell you. Some of them, some of us, I'm definitely falling into this one. Um, 
Sometimes I'll know what I need, but I'm too scared to ask for it because I've had too many people not want to give me what I need, or I've had too many people who say I'm asking for too much, or I, I, I don't think the person asking can give me what I'm asking for, and so I, I don't want to push. You know, there's a lot of reasons. We don't want to be that vulnerable and be told no is the biggest one in my opinion. Um, and so it's just like a, it's a struggle sometimes, but my, my advice would be ask your friend, Hey, what do you need right now? I know, I know you're struggling with this. What do you need to help make that a little bit easier? And if they tell you what they need, they know what they need better than you know what they need. I don't care who you are. Even a therapist will tell you. Okay? I have had therapists say this to me. You know what you need better than I know what you need, so I need you to tell me. I'm not here to tell you what you need. I'm not even here to tell you what you need to do. I'm just here to help you get what you need and help you do what you need to do. Okay, so as friends, we don't know what someone needs more than they do. Now, obviously, I feel like I shouldn't have to say this, but there's going to be some people who who comment, so I'm going to say it. If they are saying that what they need is something that's going to hurt themselves, you know, if if they're asking you, what I really need is uh, to sort some cocaine right now. That's what I need. Okay, well, that's different. Don't go do a drug deal, okay? Um... Again, I feel like I shouldn't have to say this, but you would be surprised. Um, no, but if there's if they say, I really I really need a workout buddy because I feel like working out would really help me, but I'm just not very good at getting out of bed to go do it. But if if somebody were going with me, I know I'd get up and do it. Then you don't need to say no. What you need to do is set more alarms. No. They know that they'll sleep through all the alarms or they'll wake up, turn off all the alarms and go back to bed. Okay. And they're done that. So they need a workout buddy. Now they've, they've told you what they need. Now, maybe you are not someone who works out or maybe you're someone who does not have the kind of schedule that allows for you to work out on the schedule that they're trying to work out on. And that's okay. Okay. That's when you say, you know, um, I, I don't have the kind of schedule that's going to allow for me to do that with you, but now that you mention that, my friend, Alice, um, she's working out every morning lately. I bet she'd let you come work out with her some. She's pretty cool about that kind of thing. Boom. You've helped have a need met, but you haven't compromised yourself in any way. So that's your first option. Now, if the person says, I, I don't, I don't know what I need. I'm I just, I don't know. I just, I don't know. Then you could follow up with, okay. Um, do you know what you don't need right now? Do you know what? would just hurt more than it would help? Or do you know what you're getting a little too much of right now? And maybe they'd be able to answer that a little bit easier. I know sometimes it's easier for me to say, hey, what I don't need is lectures right now. That's just hurting. Then it is for me to say, hey, what I really need is a hug. And for you to be my friend for a little bit and just... Talk to me about goofy stuff. You see the difference? Because then the ball is still in the other person's court. If I say, hey, what I don't need, lectures, don't need those. Well, they still got some leeway. They can still do anything other than lectures. So sometimes that's easier to say. And if a person tells you what they don't need, please don't keep doing that. Because what that person's doing when they tell you, what I don't need is lectures, and you continue to lecture, as an example, what you're telling them is, 
I know you said you don't need that. I know you just set a boundary with me. I don't really care about that boundary because I don't think it's a good boundary. So because I don't think that's a good boundary, I'm just going to keep lecturing you because I think that's what you need. I think that's going to help. And it really helps me to feel like I'm doing something, so I'm just going to keep doing it. When it's put in those terms, do you see how awful it sounds? It's pretty, pretty rough. And yet that happens pretty often. So when someone tells you what they need, don't tell them it's not what they need. Don't tell them they need something different. Don't tell them, well, you know, exercising didn't help with me, so I don't think you need that. Help them to find a way to get what they need. If you can't give it to them, that's okay. That's not a failure on your part. Help them find it a different way. That's okay, too. And then if you ask someone what they need and they tell you something that they don't need, respect that, too. Respect that they know themselves better than you know them. And respect that... Just respect them. I really, I really think that's what it boils down to, guys, is respect that person. It's, it can't be that hard, right? <laughs> it can't be that difficult to respect another human being. Their wants, needs, and wishes included. Because if you don't respect someone's wants, needs, and wishes, then you're not respecting them. So, all of that on asking, so asking, um, but also along the lines of asking would be, this is more towards people with mental illness. Some of this so far has just been pretty much anyone who's struggling. This is more towards, you know, talking to your friends with mental illnesses. Um, a lot of people like to ask, you know, oh, you're bipolar? Okay, uh, what, what does that really mean? I love those questions. It's one of my favorite questions. I love being asked about my diagnosis. Um, I love, you know, talking about my diagnoses. I, I love all of that. Because to me, it's a way to help in some stigma. It is a way to educate. It is a way to get closer to people. It's a way for people to understand the inside of my brain a little bit better and therefore understand me a little bit better. But also anyone else who struggles with this, while my experience isn't going to be the same, they can understand that person's experience a little bit better. Um, so I love those questions. Please keep asking me those questions. Here's what I don't like. What I don't like is when someone asks me, Okay, so I saw that you got diagnosed with bipolar disorder, right? Okay, um, so what, what, is that, what does that mean exactly? So then I start explaining, and I'm like, okay, well, I'm really glad you asked. Um, it kind of means, and before I can even get four sentences in, I'm not, not four sentences, but you know what I mean. Um, before I can get very far into the topic, I get a, are you sure? Because I saw on TV this time about, or I read on um, an article once on, you know, my friend's blog that this about bipolar disorder. Oh, and they just start inputting stigmas or they start inputting assumptions or things like that, which are frustrating. But what's most frustrating to me is that you asked me to explain my experience with bipolar disorder and, and you, you didn't even wait to hear it. You've completely discounted everything that I've said because you're not willing to listen to it. And that's really frustrating. 
you're taking away my voice is what it feels like. And I want to be able to share with you. I want to be able to tell you what my mood swings are like. I want to be able to tell you what mania is like. But only if you're going to listen. And only if I know that I can trust you not to take that and run with it. And only if I know that I can trust you not to discount it. Because that's the other thing. That, to me, is one of the biggest frustrations with with mental health issues is when I'm trying to talk to someone about a particular struggle I have that's magnified by my disorder. I'll, 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 I'll say it that way, I guess. And they say, oh, well, everybody struggles with that. That's not, that's not that bad because, I mean, everybody deals with that. Okay, you're right. Every, everyone deals with things sometimes, <laughs> you know. Um, but clearly, uh, not everyone deals with it all the time because otherwise we'd all have wound up in a mental institution at some point. Okay, <laughs> like, clearly... There's something different about my experience that differs from your experience. And this isn't me trying to discount your experience or even say that mine is worse. Because I I hate the Trauma Olympics. Oh my goodness. That's like my least favorite game to play, you guys. Um, The whole... Well, I mean, you think you had it bad. Here's how bad I had it. You know, no, that's not the point. That's not what I'm trying to do. But, I mean, for instance, say that you had a friend with type 1 diabetes, okay? Friend with type 1 diabetes, and they're explaining to you that sometimes their sugar bottoms out. And you're like... Oh, yeah, yeah. My sugar gets low, too, sometimes. So, I mean, that's really not that big of a deal, uh, if, if you really think about it. Because, I mean, I, I just kind of, I don't know, eat some crackers, and I'm fine. So, it's really not that big of a deal. Well, they could die. So, I mean, do, do you see the ridiculousness of your statement now? Because no one would do that. Not anyone who wasn't trying to play Trauma Olympics, anyway, would do that. But that's exactly what people do to mental illnesses. Because, first off, I think that it's impossible for you to understand the magnitude of our struggles if you've never dealt with them. I mean, plain and simple. And it's that way with everything. With physical illness and mental illness. But with physical illness, you can see it a little bit better. Because, I mean for someone with type 1 diabetes, if they all of a sudden pass out, something's obviously wrong. I mean, for the most part, if somebody just all of a sudden passes out, something's wrong. But you know what I'm saying, you know? Um, And so you're able to see, oh, this is how their sugar fluctuations affect their body. Yep, something's wrong. Now, with a mental illness, you're not always going to see those physical effects so easily. What you're going to see is a mood swing that you didn't see coming. Or you're going to see a angry outburst that you think is dramatic. Or you're going to see a panic attack that is ridiculous because there's no reason to be panicking. Or you're going to see a crying spell that, why are they even crying? Nothing bad has happened. They're so dramatic. And you're going to completely discount what's going on in their brains because you can't see it. And so, you know, like I said earlier about asking about 
our mental illnesses, I don't mind you stating your stigmas, you know, things that you've, you know, grown up learning about this or what you heard on the internet, you know, or whatever. I don't care if you want to say those things as long as you're willing to listen to me when I say they're not true. It's the same with this. It's okay if you think I'm dramatic. It's okay if, if, if you think that I shouldn't have had a panic attack over there. That's fine. As long as you're willing to listen to me when I, uh, when I tell you why. That's not true. As long as you're willing to listen to me when I tell you, well, here's what, what caused it. You're right. I mean, nothing in the room would have necessarily made sense. But let me tell you what was going on in my brain. And even then, you're still not going to get it. <laughs> and I, that's what frustrates me. No one's going to get it until they've been there. And no one's been exactly where I am because every single human being is unique and different. I could meet someone who has had the exact same life as me, who has the exact same disorders that I do. But we're still going to be different. And so, no matter who you meet, you're never going to know exactly what's going on. And so, for you to say, well, it's not that big of a deal. Oh, well, everybody deals with that. Well, no, everybody doesn't. No, they don't. And your simple little analogies for, well, here's how it manifests in me. You don't have this disorder. Where all, you may have this symptom. Okay. You, you may have abandonment issues. That's, that's scary and that's sad and I'm really sorry. But you don't have the rest of borderline personality disorder symptoms. And when all those symptoms come together, fight against each other, battle it out, it creates a whole new thing. And it creates a, a whole new head trip in a whole new scary scenario that abandonment issues aren't the same as. And so I'm not going to want to talk to you if every time I try and tell you I'm really, really struggling with this right now. You just say, oh, well, everybody struggles with that. You've just got to... You've just got to learn to if you would just learn to this, all you've got to do is, you've just gotta is my least favorite beginning of a sentence. I've heard it so many times and I cringe every time because if someone is saying you've just gotta what they're doing is discounting the entire struggle. And they're about to tell me what made them feel better. What helps them with their struggle. That A isn't the same as mine and B may not help me. But because they're saying you just gotta. They're implying that their way is the only way. That if you don't like their way, then you just don't want to get better. You're just not trying hard enough. That's a loaded statement. You just got it. So, I don't know if any of that made sense. I guess if I were to write an in-conclusion paragraph here, it would be, in conclusion, ask your friends how they're doing. Be out of your head enough to notice when they're not okay, and it's okay to ask them if they're not okay. It's okay to check in on your friends. It's okay to not be everything 
to your friends. What's not okay is to try to make them need only you. That's dangerous for both of you. It's okay to help your friends find help from someone else. That actually makes you a better friend. I struggle with that. I get it. I get kind of jealous. And by kind of, I mean green-eyed monster jealous that I'm having to shove down and fight with. I get it. But a true friend's not going to bail on you just because you can't give them everything. If they're going to bail on you because you can't give them everything, they're not the kind of person that you want in, in your life. And then, when you're talking to your friends with mental illnesses specifically, ask them questions about their disorder if they're the kind of person who wants to talk about it. If they're not, that's okay, too. Respect that. But if they want to talk about it, ask all your questions. Trust me. We eat it up. Just listen. Don't interrupt to tell us why you disagree with what's going on in our bodies. <laughs> if you disagree with us about other things, but that's fine. I'm not saying never disagree. No, I like disagreements. I like people who disagree with me and I like having those types of discussions. Those are invigorating to me. And they show me true friendships. But if I'm explaining to you my experience, you are not allowed to disagree with my experience because you have not experienced my experience. And you never will. There is no Caitlin life simulation out there yet, so sorry. <laughs> oh goodness, that would be terrifying actually. <laughs> that came out of my mouth. I'm sorry, you guys. You don't want that one. Um. Don't don't go inside my head for any amount of time. Ooh, I don't even think Miss Frizzle would take her students inside my brain. But anyway, um, so listen to our experiences. Don't discount them. Don't discount us. If we trust you enough to share our experience with you, that means it's going to hurt us even more when you discount everything that we've said. The main theme here, I guess, would be respect. Respect us because we respect you. If we ask you for help, we're not going to ask just anybody for help. We're not going to go up to a stranger on the street and say, hey, I'm having a panic attack. Could really use a hug right now. No. We're asking someone that we love and respect to help us in a certain way. We're asking, we're sharing our experience with someone that we love and respect. We're, we're opening up our hearts and being vulnerable about a struggle with someone that we love and respect. Please show us the same and respect our wants, our needs, our, our struggles, our experiences. I feel like I'm begging here, and I feel like I keep saying the same thing over and over again. And that's because I've tried to say it before, and it hasn't really been heard. I've made Facebook posts about it. I've said it in person to people. I think one time I even talked about it in a ladies' Bible class, like from, you know, I was teaching the ladies' Bible class. And, and I talked about it. And I feel like it's never going to be said enough. Typically when I do those things, when I've said it on Facebook or, you know, in a ladies' Bible class or whatever, I have people come up to me after 
who are mentally ill and they tell me, they're like, I really wish that so-and-so would hear that. (laughs) Or they've commented on the post and they've been like, thank you for finally saying it. So I know that I'm not saying that to be like, I'm the speaker for the mentally disabled and they love me. No, that's not what I'm saying here. What I'm saying is I know I'm not alone in these thoughts. I know that these requests, these things that I'm saying are not just my struggles. They are the struggles of almost every single person with a mental illness. I've been in mental hospitals where where we talk about people who do this to us. Where we talk about our codependent relationships that we struggle with because of these reasons where we are just shoved down and ignored until they need to feel needed. We talk about how painful it is just to be the token mentally ill friend. We talk about how painful it is that people just want to fix us. And when we don't get quote-unquote fixed on their timeline, they say we must not be trying hard enough. We're too exhausting for them now, and they bail. I want you to imagine that life for just a second. Every couple of months, a new person leaves because you're too much to them. You've grown attached to that person. They wanted to be your everything because it made them feel good. It made them feel good that you were the only person they want, that, that you wanted to call. Every time something was wrong, you wanted to go to them. Then they realize this is a lifelong thing for her. She must not be trying hard enough. I can't fix her. I'm just going to leave. And then the ghosting happens. Or the holding at arm's length. And by arm's length, I mean like (laughs) arm's length. (laughs) And all we're thinking about is what did we do wrong? I tried to be what you wanted me to be. And I, I don't... You you didn't talk to me when I was doing okay. You didn't talk to me when when I wasn't in a bad place. Because I have those moments. Guys, we all have those moments where we're we're doing okay. But those fixers, they're not going to talk to us in those moments. I was listening to a song recently um, called Broken and Beautiful by Kelly Clarkson. And in the song, there's a line, I just kept playing it over and over and over again. And it said, can someone just hold me? Don't fix me. Don't try to change a thing. Can someone just know me? And that resonated. Because that's what I want. That's what all of us want. We want friends who just love us. Through the ups, through the downs. Who respect us. Who don't think we're projects. Every single hospital experience that I have had. I have talked to so many people in that hospital And almost every single one of us say that we feel like a project to at least one person in our life, if not more. They just want to fix me. You know, I don't think they're really my friend. They just, you know, they just want to fix me. We don't want to be fixed. Yeah, we're screwed up. (laughs) Who's not, though? But we've got therapists who are working on that part. We just want to be loved. 
I read an article once, and this this will be where I wind down. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm rambling again. Um, I wrote an article once about why I was scared of recovering from, at the time, I, I had been diagnosed with major depressive disorder before they realized um, that it wasn't that. Uh, so it was says, why I fear recovery from my depression. And in this article, um, I, I wrote about fear that I was just going to be left because these people only talk to me when something's wrong. When I'm doing okay, they don't respond to my messages. I'm scared that if I don't need them, then they won't need me. A lot of the people in your life probably struggle with the same thing. Because they're sick of rainy day friends. And they're also sick of sunshine friends. There's got to be somebody who can do them both, right? <laughs> and all the in-between. I found a couple people like that for my life. And I'm beyond grateful. I could not do life without my people. Especially Tiffany. Especially my best friend Tiffany. <laughs> and her kiddos. But my other people as well, and I'm not going to start naming them because I know that I forget somebody and I feel like an awful, terrible person and never post this podcast because I just keep recording it to say all names. I just want to point out Tiffany because she's my best friend. Um... But I love that she and I are there for each other on the good days to be like, yes, go you. You took a shower today. Hashtag winning, you know, but we're also there on the bad days to be like, that really sucks. Like, what do you need? But then on the days in between where it's just like, eh, I mean, things are okay. Could be worse. Could be better. And it's just like, all right, let's Snapchat pictures of babies for her and uh for me pictures of my dog that's my baby <laughs> and then when we're in the same state just getting together and just talking just being there talking about everything one second our conversation's gonna be about trauma one second our conversation's gonna be about sucky stuff that's happening now the next second, our conversation's going to be about something goofy that happened the other day, you know, like, or something new that's coming out on Netflix that we're so excited about. You know, it's just ups and downs and, and being there through all of it. And I'm not saying that you need a million friends like that in your life, you know, absolutely quality over quantity. But find somebody like that. You're never going to find anybody as awesome as Tip. But, sorry, she's taken. Um, but find someone like that. Don't keep... I guess I'm talking to my mentally ill friends right now. Don't keep clinging to the people who are trying to push their agendas on you. Who, who are using you as a coping skill. You're nobody's coping skill. You deserve a lot better. You deserve a real friend. Okay? You deserve the world, friends. I love you. I know you deserve better. You're worth it. You're loved. You're special. You're unique. You're amazing. Keep pushing. Keep trying. Keep loving. Keep living. Keep laughing. 
And as always, guys, keep on.